We have a dear young lady by the name of Marie Patterson. Where is Marie? Come on, sweetheart. She's going to give us a testimony of five minutes or less. <laughs> Actually, you guys were called on on Saturday, and I think they gave you three minutes, didn't they? Something like that. So you can do it, girl. Yeah. All right? Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she can do it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so hi, my name's Marie. You just said that. Um, but uh, I had some awesome things happen this weekend, and wanted to share my testimony. So background, I'm a track kid, I run track. It's fun and stuff until you let it control what you're eating all the time and are like obsessive about every little thing you eat and like restrict things that probably shouldn't be restricted and, and lots of things. So basically that was making me feel really tired all the time because I wasn't getting proper nutrition and my hormones were wild, like all over the place. I would just feel like angry out of nowhere. Um, and so I honestly, I actually came into the conference not feeling that great. I had like a really big test that day and it was super long. It was really bad. Um, and I was just tired and wasn't really, my attitude was bad. And so we had worship and then Sean Smith goes on the stage and starts talking and he preaches a great message and he's walking all around. He's very high energy. Um, actually kind of reminded me of Pastor Nathan a little bit. Like, just like he was like back and forth and back and forth and he stops in the middle of his message about here and just like stand still for a second. And I was sitting right around, right around there. And I was like, he's gonna start talking to me. <laughs> I just knew right away he was gonna start talking to me. And I like all the, that hormone stuff and all the weird eating, stuff, like that wasn't even on my mind. But I was like, I know he's gonna start talking to me about something. And I just like almost got hot. And he says, there's a young lady in this section, in section, he called it like section one, section two, section three, on, and so on. And section two, who has been struggling with symptoms of lupus. Now, I'm not claiming lupus. That was not, that was not, and so that's the thing with like prophecies. It's not always like every exact thing, but like symptoms of lupus, so like being tired all the time and not feeling that great. And then he started talking about the hormones thing, and I was like, woo, this is crazy. And then he mentioned how my body reacts like weird with some food. And at that point, I was like shaking. <laughs> And he said, can you please stand up and we'll pray for you. And so I got prayed for, delivered from that. Praise the Lord. Um, then, then he calls for the people who want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I see like four of some of my best friends come right across the front. And I start rolling in the pew laughing. Just like joy, like complete like Holy Spirit joy. Just so happy to see them get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And a lot of our youth um, band and, and such got baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was awesome. So... If you ever want to stop back in youth, there's some crazy things going on. <laughs> um, and we got to share that testimony on, uh, that would have been Saturday, to go out to the mall. And I felt like we were supposed to talk to a lady from Lids. Um, and I went with um, Seth, who sings right around here on Sundays, and uh, Pastor Rob, our youth pastor. And we got to talk to an employee in Lids who I felt like we were supposed to talk to. And after talking to her for a while, we found out that she had had five miscarriages and would have considered herself an atheist six months ago, but has kind of been like trying to dip her toes back into, back into um, God a little bit, but was kind of confused with religion things. So we kind of tried to help clarify that and explain to her how it was a relationship and not a religion and um, prayed for her and prayed over her and her family. And yeah, it was pretty awesome. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with everything. So yeah. Next, we're going to hear from a young man that's <clears throat> very, very involved. He was on the platform tonight with the worship team, and he's very, very involved with our children back in Wave Walker Village, and that is Joseph Cedor. Joe, where are you? And, and this was very difficult because I had a list of names of people I could have chosen from. Some of them couldn't be here tonight. But um, anyhow, and so I'm believing that the ones that you needed to hear for tonight, uh, you're going to hear from. Joe? Awesome. Hi, everybody. My name's Joe. <laughs> um, so basically, um, there was a lot of stuff that went on this weekend, like a lot of stuff. Um, I had the opportunity to go out into our community and share the love of Jesus like I never have before. Um, Obviously, like, we share the love of Jesus through our actions, through our words, but 
I was given a new challenge to go out and boldly proclaim the name of Jesus, to see miracles, to see people set free emotionally and physically. So we started out on these outreaches, okay? Um, and I'll show you just a couple stories. And because there's so many, I could keep on going and going, but I'll just dwindle it down to a few. So there is this one lady. I pulled into the Walmart parking lot. I was praying in the spirit. I'm like, Lord, just show me. Show me who you want to talk to today. And I pull in, and I instantly see this lady. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go talk to her. He's like, go. So I get out of my car, and I walk up to her. I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? She's like, I'm good. How are you? And I'm like, what's your name? She said, my name's Bev. I said, it's nice to meet you, Bev. And I just looked her in the eye, and I said, Jesus loves you. And she was like, thank you. And I said, is there any way that I could pray for you? And I said, anything physically or emotionally, whatever it may be. I said, any pain that you need prayer for, I'm here to do that for you now. And she said, she, I, I did see her limping through the parking lot. She was kind of like going like this a little bit. And she said there was pain in her knee and in her leg. And she was having a hard time getting back from the cart return to her truck. So I said, we're going to pray over it and it's going to go away. So I laid hands. I spoke healing and I commanded that pain to get out. And after we're done, I said, how's it feel? I said, bend your leg, move it around. And she starts going like this. She's 91 years old. <laughs> Amazing, right? And so she starts moving her leg and, and she's like, and she's, she starts walking. And I'm like, Jesus healed you. And she's like, he healed me. And she was a believer too. So um, she had walked with the Lord her entire life. Um, but that was the first time in my life I laid hands on someone and saw them recover from something. Amazing. And I'll share one more because I, I know, I don't know what time it is, but um, oh, there's so much. Uh, Sunday morning, Todd White was here, nine o'clock service. There's a guy right back here. I forget his name. I'll probably see him again and, and ask him because sometimes I forget. But I laid his, my hand on his shoulder. He could not move his shoulder. It was like this. His arm and shoulder was as hard as a rock. Crazy. I laid hands. We spoke healing. We prayed over him. And we're done. I'm like, how's it feel? And Todd's like, move your shoulder now. And he starts, he's going like this. And then he's, I'm like lifted up in the air and he's, he's moving it. He could not lift his arm up. And then Todd says, wave your hands in the air if you just got healed. Both of his arms are in the, in the air like this. Amazing, amazing. And then after the conference, after all of this stuff, Monday morning, I'm working at Chick-fil-A. So get this, I'm um, back of the mop sink, fill in a bucket. I'm gonna mop the floors, amazing. This guy comes in, he was servicing the refrigerators. His name was Ryan and I was talking to another believer just about what God was doing. And God's like, speak to him. And I'm like, okay, Lord. And I see his name tag. I'm like, Ryan. I looked him in the eye and he's like, he's like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? I'm like, Jesus loves you. As simple as that. Jesus loves you. And I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah. I said, is there anything emotional or physical that I could pray for you for? And he said, he got hit in the chest during sports. His chest was sore. It was hurting. It was in pain. And I said, we're going to speak over that and it's going to be gone in Jesus' name. And keep in mind, this other guy, that's a believer standing right to my right. And he's just watching. I'm like, let's do it. And we pray. And after I'm like, how's it feel? He's like, starts taking deep breaths like this. I'm like, how's it feel? He's like, it's gone. He's like, how'd you do that? I'm like, it was Jesus. I said, he just healed you. And I'm like, isn't that amazing? I said, he loves you so much. And he's like, just amazed at it. He's like, thank you. I said, Jesus loves you. Don't don't forget it. Don't forget what just happened today. And I just went about my day. Amazing. So three times, literally, all in this weekend, like within the span of four days, I saw three different healings from laying hands. So there is nothing God can't do. He is the God of possible. And I saw that this weekend. I saw it with my own eyes, with the power of the Holy Spirit working through me. And it was amazing. Uh I believe you, Joe. I believe oh, you. Okay. I believe it too. <laughs> and I'm not stopping. We <laughs> Don't just, stop. We just keep on going. <laughs> keep on going. Amen. I love you. As I was going around greeting people here this evening during the praise and worship, dear sister right back here, she said, Pastor, I had back pain for years. She says, it's gone. It's gone. She said, I can't remember if it was uh, on Saturday or Sunday, but uh, 
the back pain gone after years of suffering. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. 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 We have one more testimony before Pastor Shelton comes up and shares. <clears throat> it's uh, from a young man who played Jesus this year in this year's Passion Play, Rob White. Rob, would you come on up here, brother? Thank you, Pastor. So, my, my experience with the Todd White Conference is, if I'd summed it up in one word, I would say humbling, okay? I, I got, you know, I was, I'm thinking I'm doing something special with my life because I got to act like Jesus for a week at Easter, you know? Um, but man, this dude is living it out. I mean, he's living it out. He's living the gospel, and he's feeling the spirit flow through him on a daily basis, and he's about it. I mean, he's not a phony. He's not like, oh, yeah, healing, and oh, yeah, give me money and support my ministry, and I set up a college. I believe he's living it out, and his crew is living it out. All the people that we had a chance to work with and serve with, and Sean Smith, guy yeah right that guy is just on fire for the lord and you could you could just tell you know marie joked like he's dancing all around like i was uh serving on the cameras in the back and you try to follow these folks around the stage and he, it was like spider-man was up here he's all like yeah you never know when he was just gonna take off to one side of the stage so you could just tell that these guys are on fire for the lord it was just such a pleasure and i'm just so thankful that Word of Life staff was that they noticed him and they and they invited him to the church. I mean, it's life changing and it was humbling. If if I took one thing from the conference, uh, you know, all, other than all of the teaching and all the equipping that they did, I really loved the, how they referred to it as equipping us. They give you real life examples and they give you real life situations and they equip you with the tools that you need, that spiritual tool belt they kept referring to. It's awesome. So outside of just the teachings and the equipping and the worship, I mean, wow. What was his, he was uh, King, Heath King. So outside of that, I would say that the one thing that I took away from it, though, is how important it is to get in the word and how important it is for us to be hungry for the word, it, it, you know, almost crave it in a way. And, and we, we shared those same opportunities. Um, we took advantage of the times to go out and, you know, the outreach. We had heard reports that the outreach was literally going to places, going to Walmart, this and that. And we were kind of intimidated. You know, my wife and my inner circle, we were like, oh man, like, do we really want to do that? And, you know, we were kind of on the fence, but we took the opportunity. It was a week before Todd came. We went to Chili's, we were having lunch after church, and we sort of practiced. We, we called the waitress and, you know, we started, you know, do you guys go to church? Are you and your fiance believers, this and that? Well, you know, we, you know, there was one time when this and that, we said, well, you know that Jesus loves you and, you know, he has a plan for your life. Oh, I hope so. And we're like, no, we know so. So it was just really nice to get reinforced by Todd, his crew, Sean Smith, all those guys were great. And he told a story, Todd did on Sunday, I can't remember if it was first or second, um, stayed for both, but at first we were on the fence. We were like, Todd White's coming, it's great, you know, he's, he's a super powerful guy. Can we commit a Friday and a Saturday all day? Can we, you know, um, can we budget for that this month? But if you were here Sunday, I, I, I'm glad that we made the decision we made and we attended, because if you were here Sunday, you realize that the devil owns the fence. So you better get on the right side. You better make that choice and you better live your life out. And that's what Todd did for us. And that was just such a blessing. I thank you guys for having him here. And it was just an amazing experience. All of these young kids, all of these people. I mean, there was fire coming out of Kaylee's mic, I think, on Sunday. Like, you guys saw her. I mean, that's, that's the real deal. Thank you. Absolutely. Got a brother over here tell me, he says, after the weekend, Pastor, he says, I know I have to get more serious, more committed, more dedicated to, to our God. And he said, the Lord had me on my knees. And uh, 
So he was seeking, seeking, and it just continues to build a fire. This is not abnormal Christianity. This is normal Christianity. Anything apart from this is not normal. This is the way God has determined and desired for us to live as Christians, on fire, on fire for Christ. And just time and time again, people will come up to me and say, thank you for having Todd Todd, uh, uh, come to our church. And I said, I have to be honest with you. It wasn't me that brought him in. It was actually Nathan and Billy that were connecting with Todd White. But I was honored that he would be here because I knew God was going to do something through this man and through his team. We're not here to exalt Todd White, but we are here to exalt the Christ that was working through Todd White. Hallelujah. So Todd ran a little bit over time in the second service. I think he concluded around two o'clock. Was it something like that? You know, you know, usually I'd have been on the front seat sweating bullets, okay? And fire ready to come out of my nostrils. But we were all prepared for it, okay? So that because we had no idea how long he would go. And uh, we, so we were prepared for it. And the um, amazing thing about it, probably only a handful of people uh, eventually left. And just a few, some uh, uh, of, the, uh, of our younger uh, mothers got up, went and got the children, and that would have been a good time to escape if they wanted to. But they got their kids and come back in and sat down because they did not want to miss that anointing that was flowing out of Todd White and his team. So the next time we have Todd in, which I have no idea when that would be, if it will ever be. But the point is, I just want you to be encouraged. Trust me, if I allow someone to come into this ministry as your shepherd, as your pastor here at Word of Life, I'm not bringing someone in that's going to create problems, preach a false uh, doctrine, something that we do not believe. I embrace and I, I support what Todd White did, and uh, I spent time with the man. I went out to dinner with him, and I saw him literally take the hands of a young girl in the, uh, uh, in the restaurant who was our waitress and lead her to Jesus Christ while his food was getting cold. But you saw what his priority was to share Christ with her. He met one of the cooks out in the parking lot before he came in, led him to Christ. Shared, and the cook was so moved by him, he says, come on in here, man, I'm going to buy you a drink, okay? And so he was so moved by what, what, what he felt, what he sensed that was coming on this man. So I believe he's the real deal, okay? So hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to give a praise offering for Pastor Sheldon, okay? Hallelujah. And we're praying he doesn't preach any false doctrine tonight. Pray not. <laughs> Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? My, 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 my. Wow. Boy, we need to do more of that, Pastor. I'm just uh, testimonies. And, but here's the thing. If you, we'll do more testimonies if you keep living the life that you're living. Amen? Get out there and witness and pray for people and just be bold for Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Father, thank you, Lord, for these wonderful testimonies we've heard tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives. Lord, we know that Greensburg needs to be changed for Jesus. And Lord, use us as instruments, as vessels to do your work out there. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity you've given us. God bless our time tonight. We thank you for the word of God. I pray you'll open up our ears, our hearts, our spirits that we can receive from you tonight. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said together? Amen. Amen. Yes, Pastor. Hey, we just got a, uh, a testimony from Nathan and Allie, who's out in Harrisburg, and uh, or Gettysburg, yes, for um, uh, Curry Blake. I don't know if you've ever heard of Curry Blake, another powerful, powerful man of God. But uh, Nathan and Allie are out there for their anniversary. And um, here's what he just wrote back here and sent it to his mother. He said, we prayed for a lady with plantar fasciitis while walking trails on the battlefields. 
um, she was healed immediately. Amazing. So what are we going to believe? What are we going to believe? So, Amen. Pastor. Amen. Amen. Let's confess some things in the spirit tonight. Here we go. Jesus be glorified in my life. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. My heart is open to receive the ever-living, never-changing word of God. The word that is changing my life, healing my body, setting me free. My faith is growing and I am living in the favor of my God. I declare it, I believe it, and I receive it by faith. For I am, come on, say it again. Here we go. I am blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord one more praise offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Wow. I just don't know what to say tonight. Where do I go? Where do I go from here? I, let's see here. I, um, we're, we're talking about the Beatitudes, and I, I, um, uh, um, I want to teach something to you tonight that um, is just very practical, and yet... Uh, a very spiritual. Uh, the beatitude we're talking about tonight is a very simple beatitude. Um, we've talked about several of them. Uh, we're coming down to the close here of the beatitudes. And this beatitude simply says this. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God. You ever heard this? Why can't we just all get along? <laughs> Why can't we just all get along with each other? Maybe, maybe you've said that in your family dynamics. Maybe you've said that in your business dynamics. Why can't we all just get along? The Bible says that we need to be peacemakers. And if we are peacemakers, the Bible says, we will be called. Listen to that. Listen to the phrasing. We will be called the sons of God or the children of God. In other words, other people will look at us if we are peacemakers and say, there is a child of God. See that? There is a Christian. There is a son and daughter of God. If we are peacemakers. There's a story told about uh, uh, two individuals some time ago that had a a dispute, and uh, they couldn't resolve it. So they went to the uh, town sage, and uh, they said, you need, to, you need to resolve this for us. So the first evening, the one fellow came into the sage, and, he's, and he related his story and how it happened, and, and uh, the sage looked at him and said, you know, you're absolutely right. The next night, the other individual came, and related a totally different story. And the sage looked at him and said, you know, you're absolutely right. Well, the sage's wife got really upset. So she went to him and said, listen, that's not, that's not right. You told both of those individuals with totally different stories that they were both absolutely right. The sage looked at his wife and said, you're absolutely right. Because we don't like conflict. And we avoid it at all costs. We just don't like conflict. Um, let me ask you a question tonight. Uh, can you remember a, a time in the last um, several weeks, months, maybe days, when you've had a conflict? Have you had a conflict with maybe a coworker? Or maybe a family member, kids, um, another believer, another Christian, another brother or sister. You've had um, maybe a disagreement. Um, how did you handle that? How did you deal with that? Did you, um, did you become angry? Uh, did you... Um, Say maybe something that you regretted later. I shouldn't have said that. Did, did you hold your feelings inside and, 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 and just 
we're eaten up with anger and stress and anxiety? How did you handle that? There was a poll done several years ago, and it's probably increased in, in this day and age, but several years ago, there was a, a statistic that 54% of anger issues are caused by stress. That's a large fraction. 54% of anger issues in individuals are caused by stress. And I looked up a little um, um, uh, definition or a little uh, uh, understanding of stress. Stress is mental tension caused by a difficult situation. How many have ever been in a stressful situation? Raise your hand real high. You've been, yeah, almost every one of us have been in stressful situations. Stress causes headaches, muscle tension, chest pains, fatigue, stomach issues, sleep problems, all kinds of anxiety, restlessness, outburst of anger, social withdrawal, sadness, even depression. Depression. Uh, someone once said that depression is anger turned inward. So how do we live in peace with conflict all around us? I, I, I said I wasn't going to say this tonight, but uh, Jim will probably get upset with me, but I'm going to say it anyway because it just came to my mind. And, and how, do, how do people deal with stress? Just punch them out and be done with it. <laughs> Come here. Let me just, I'm, I've, I'm fed up with you. I've had it. And then we punch them out and then we feel bad. I've never punched anybody out in my life. Don't get that. Don't get that wrong idea. <laughs> never, 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 never. My brother, on the other hand, when we were growing up, was very aggressive. And uh, uh, he demonstrated his, his uh, aggressiveness when he came into a conflict situation by always using his fist. Now, um, what I did was I ran away because I don't like conflict. He stood there and said, bring it on. Now, he was smaller than me, but um, that's how he dealt with it. And, and unfortunately, that's how many people deal with it. How do we remove the stress, the anxiety, the conflict? We become peacemakers. We become peacemakers. Now, let me say something to you. Being a peacemaker doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. It comes supernaturally. It comes supernaturally. Um, most people don't know exactly what to do in the midst of conflict. So in, in, in many respects, we react like our parents reacted. And there's a tendency in all of us to react that way, like our parents reacted. Uh, because we grew up with that. I, I grew up, the reason uh, my brother was so aggressive was because my dad was aggressive. Um, <clears throat> he was a pastor, but he was very aggressive. And uh, I remember situations where, uh, uh, I remember Mr. Elsie. You don't know Mr. Elsie. Mr. Elsie died a long time ago, thank God. Uh, but um, <laughs> Mr. Elsie, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was difficult to deal with. Have you ever dealt with difficult people? Unreasonable people? Mr. Elsie was that guy. And I remember one evening, because I served on the youth committee. Back in those days, they used to have board meetings. And they used to have youth committee, women's committee, men's committee, deacons committee, all the committees. And they all got together and they all talked about the church problems. And Mr. Elsie got all upset because we had bought too much coal to feed the furnace in the church. That was back in the day when he, we had coal furnaces and, and he was upset about that. And he let everybody know he was upset about it. And my dad said, Mr. Elsie, can I see you for a moment? And I watched as my dad took Mr. Elsie and pinned him up against the wall and said, don't ever have an issue with coal again. Don't you ever do that. Well, he was aggressive like that. Now, that's not the way to handle a coal issue. And that was not the way to handle Mr. Elsie. Because from that point on, Mr. Elsie had a problem with my dad. And my dad had a problem with Mr. Elsie. My dad eventually left that church. 
Mr. Ilsley didn't. <laughs> so how do we respond? We respond sometimes like our parents responded. Sometimes we respond in a very negative way. But you see, some people just have different points of view than we do. And we need to recognize that. And we need to understand that some people just have a different point of view. Um, can, can I tell you that our history is one of sometimes division, conflict, and different points of view? Let, let me give you an example. As the Church of England was striving to establish one uniform religion across the kingdom, the colonies in America were divided. Each of the colonies became dominated by their own brand of Christianity. This is, this is actual history. Due to the distance between England and the, and the room of the colonies, many religions were able to establish themselves in America colony by colony. For example, the Anglicans who conformed to the Church of England populated most of Virginia. Massachusetts was the home of many Puritans. Uh, this state, Pennsylvania, was full of Quakers. Baptists ruled Rhode Island. And Roman Catholics found their haven in Maryland. Each of these religious denominations had their headquarters and, their, and, their, and they spoke in these, in these uh, different denominations and they dominated. And sometimes people from Virginia would not visit Massachusetts because they were Puritans. And the Puritans would not visit Pennsylvania because they were Quakers. So division and different points of view have been our history in this nation for a long time. But you must come to the place where you recognize individuals do have different points of view on different subjects. And sometimes they don't agree with you. Sometimes they don't. Big difference is how we respond to that instead of react to that. Let, 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 me, let me draw that uh, to our subject tonight with conflict and being a peacemaker. It is not about how we react. It's how we should respond. You see, there's a big difference between responding and reacting. Responding means that I'm, I'm, I'm going to take an opportunity and think about their point of view. Reacting is they're wrong, I'm right. And so many times as people, we react instead of respond. So how do we deal with anger? How do we, how do we bring reconciliation to an explosive situation? Well, when, is, when is it appropriate to just overlook an offense or overlook a situation? How do I please and honor God in the midst of this difficult situation? How do I do that? How do I respond even to a non-believer when they're upset? Matthew 5, 9, we've already read it, but let me read, you from the, read it to you from the New Living Translation. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Listen to the message uh, Bible translation. You're blessed. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. You're blessed. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Now, I want you to notice something. God has not called us to be peace keepers. He's called us to be peace makers. There's a big difference between being a peace keeper and a peace maker. Peacemakers strive to create peace and attempt to reconcile things when people are at odds with each other. They attempt reconciliation. Reconciliation is the, is the utmost in, in their thoughts. Reconciliation. They try to reconcile people with, that are odds with each other. Peacekeepers, on the other hand, strive for peace at all cost. They strive for peace at all cost. Proverbs chapter 10. Listen, this is a really interesting verse. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. That word um, wink literally means to ignore. People that ignore wrong causes create 
problems. But a bold reproof promotes peace. Have you ever heard of the um, uh, sports um, uh, companies that make footwear and, and uh, sportswear? Uh, Adidas? Have you ever heard of Puma? Do you know the story behind them? No. The Dazzler brothers, D-A-S-S-L-E-R, were shoe makers in Germany. They were the forerunners of Adidas and Puma. The Dazzler brothers, Adolf and Rudolf, lived um, in the 1920s, 30s. Matter of fact, in the, in the 1920s, they convinced Jesse Owens to wear a Dazzler spike while he was competing in the Berlin Olympics in front of Adolf Hitler, and he did. The Dazzler brothers had a falling out in the 1940s. Both brothers were members of the Nazi party in the 1930s and 40s, but apparently, apparently, there was a differing political view that led to a, an ongoing disagreement and argument. This came to a head when the Allies invaded Germany in 1945. Rudolf Dazzler was accused falsely of being a member of the SS, and Rudolf believed that his brother Adolf was a traitor and an informant that had influenced the, the invasion. So in 1948, Rudolf Dazzler founded Puma and established a factory. The original name of Puma was Ruda, R-U-D-A. And Adolf Dazzler founded Adidas the next year in 1949. Both brothers had factories in the same town. One on one in the town, one on the other in the town. And they were constantly competing with one another until both of them died in the 1970s. In their will, they specified they were not to be buried near each other. Amazing. Conflict. Never resolved. Can I tell you that sweeping something under the carpet and not dealing with it is not a way to resolve conflict. Running away from something is not a way to resolve conflict. And if we want to be peacemakers, we have to address some issues in our lives and some issues from the scripture. Let me give you four principles. If you're taking notes, these principles are really important. Remember them or write them down. Here's principle number one, if you want to be a peacemaker. Peacemakers are motivated by a deep desire to bring honor to God in every situation. They're motivated by a deep desire to bring honor to God in every situation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 from the Passion Bible says this, whether you eat or drink, live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God. You see, it's hard to honor God in the midst of a conflict when you're angry and upset. But the first principle of a peacemaker is this. My desire in the midst of this conflict, in the midst of this trial, in the midst of everything that's going on in my life is to honor God and bring God glory. How can I do that? Here's, here, here's the second principle. I'll go over these quickly tonight. If it's all right with you, may I just stop right here and say this. If it's all right with you, there's so much to be said about being a peacemaker. I would like to continue this next week because I'd like to talk to you about what happens if we don't resolve conflict. Because if we don't resolve conflict, we become offended. And if we're offended, that's, that's a whole series. That, that's, that's a teaching in itself. And I want to I talk a little bit about that next week. And how many, how many people in your life do you know that have been offended? Either by family issues, church issues, issues that uh, deal with business. So I, I, with your permission, I'd, I'd like to continue this next week but, and talk a little bit more about that. Here, here's, here's the second principle of a peacemaker. A peacemaker is able to remove the log in his own eye first. 
Now, <laughs> you might say, that's the truth. The last time I was in conflict with somebody, boy, they needed to remove the log out of their eye first before they started picking the speck out of my eye. And I tell you, there's a log in your eye if you just, have, if you just said that. Here's what the scripture says. Listen to it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 4 and 5. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you rid that speck out of your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get the log out of your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Uh, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, let me save some of that till next week, but um, it's true, isn't it? We sometimes are so concerned about the other person and the problem that they're having that we forget that there are issues in our own lives. Let me give you the third point real quickly. Remember, this, if you want to be a peacemaker, principle number three, Remember that restoration and healing is always the objective. Not winning the argument. Not winning the argument. I won. When you say that, you've lost. Yeah. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if anyone believes, if any, if anyone believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into on the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Isaiah chapter 58. The Lord will guide you continually, give you water when you're, when you're dry, restoring your strength. You will be a well-watered garden like an overflowing sp a spring. Some of you, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known. You will be known as a rebuilder of the walls and a restorer of homes. I pray today that, that you will be known as a rebuilder of broken walls. And a restorer of homes. Fourthly, let me let me give you fourth, the fourth one real quickly here. Be reconciled. Go and be reconciled. And do it immediately. Go and be reconciled and do it immediately. Matthew chapter 5. This is a great verse. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar of the temple in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now, why is that important? Because when your relationship with others is not right, your relationship with God is not right. Need I say that again? When your relationship with others is not right. Your relationship with God is not right. I'm not saying that I do this, but there may have been times that I've argued with my wife. There may have been. I can't remember any right now, but, but there may have been times when I argued with my wife. And in those arguments, I have discerned that I was always right. And she was always wrong. That's not right. No. Nonetheless... Nonetheless, um, when I am in, not in right relationship with my wife, the Bible says he won't hear my prayers. Oh, God, I just love you so much. I just worship you so much. I just fought with my wife. I don't like her very much. I think she's wrong. I think she needs to repent. I think she needs to get right with you. I don't even know she was a Christian or not anymore. God won't hear my prayer. I'm not in right relationship. 
to reconcile, be reconciled to that person, come and offer, then come and offer your sacrifice. The word reconcile is an interesting word. If you look it up, it doesn't mean hugging and making up. Oh, I love you so much. It literally means changing your mind and allowing God to change the mind of the other person. Changing your mind. Rekindling a friendship. Reconcile. It's a deep, deep uh, word, and I, and I want to talk a little bit more about that next week. H have there been issues of conflict throughout the Bible? Absolutely. Uh, Cain and Abel. <laughs> Abraham and Lot. David and his brothers. Joseph and his family. Jesus and the Pharisees. Paul and Barnabas. What does that tell us? It tells us that spiritual people have conflict in their lives. Brothers and sisters have conflict in their lives. Oh, why can't we all just get along? We have conflict. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many have ever been in conflict with a brother or sister? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I don't like what they said. I don't like what they did. I, I think they're totally wrong. Spiritual people still have conflict in their life. How do we respond? See, that's what makes the difference. How do we respond to that conflict? Uh, I looked up the word conflict. By definition, it's, it's a difference of opinion. It occurs when people disagree over values or the way that it should be done. I believe with... I believe we, we, we ought to do it this way. Well, I'm not so sure I agree with that. I think we ought to do it this way. Sometimes, sometimes very trivial. Very trivial, but sometimes monumental in, in the lives of others. Do you realize, do you realize, and I think I, you, may, you may realize this, there have been church splits over the color of the carpet? And, and, and I say that to you, and you say, What? Are you kidding me that, that, that you would get mad and leave a church over the color of the carpet? And I say to you, people have left the church over smaller offenses than that. People have broken relationships and, and, and walked upon the other side of the street to avoid that person over smaller incidents than that. I walked down the hallway and I didn't say hi to you. You get offended. Why didn't he say hi to me? You think he's better than me? No, no. I just didn't say hi to you. Conflict. People struggle. People struggle a lot of times when they feel insecure. People struggle sometimes when there's a breakdown in intimacy. People struggle sometimes when they're not respected or valued. Or what they believe. And because of that, it causes difficulty. So we have conflicts in marriage. Um, you know, people fight over the, how they raise their kids. They fight over fight. You know, the, the biggest cause of divorce in this country is over money. Money issues. <clears throat> Unre unrealistic expectations from your spouse. Conflicts in business, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm upset because he gets paid more than me. I'm upset because I have to work longer hours than him. He, he, he doesn't see things from my point of view. Here's what people do in the midst of conflict, and I'm, 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 I'm going to quickly go over this with you tonight. Here's what people do in the midst of conflict. One is there's an escape mentality. And what I mean by that is this, is that people respond to conflict by avoiding it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, I was a little bit like that. I didn't like conflict. Um, because I, I genuinely believed for a while that, con that all conflict was wrong. Conflict is not wrong. Disagreement is not wrong. It's not sinful unless we make it that way. We fear of damage. We fear of damaging the relationship and damaging our, our influence. So, so, so we choose just not to confront it. 
We deny that it even exists. Have you been hurt? Oh, no, I'm fine. I've not been hurt. And deep down inside, we're struggling with, with issues of, 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 of conflict and, 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 and we're disillusioned with each other. So we deny it doesn't exist. Uh, people escape. They, they, they run away from it. Uh, they leave the house. Um, <clears throat> since I'm, since, since I, I'm, I'm speaking tonight, I guess I can tell you some, some issues that I've had from time to time because they're good examples. Uh, don't use them against me. Please don't you do that. But um, uh, one time we were remodeling our home. We, we lived uh, here in Greensburg. We lived on Cambridge Drive up in West Point. And my wife and I decided uh, we were going to remodel the basement. So we hired one of the contractors from the church to help us. And he did. And for some reason, for some reason, I got home one evening and I was just stressed out. And, and Connie, my, my lovely, precious Sweet, wonderful wife uh, had, had made a decision and she didn't ask me about it. And for some reason, I got really mad at her. I got really mad at her. And we, and we just had stud work up. We hadn't put up the, the final you know, drywall or whatever, just stud work. I got so mad at her that I took my hand and I knocked one of those studs out of the wall. Man, that hurt. And then I said to her, listen to this. Please don't use this against me. I said to her, that could have been you. And she said, go ahead. It'll be your last. Word for word. Word for word. I was so upset. And then here's what I did. I said, I've had it. Got in the car, drove around the neighborhood. I, did, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, want, I didn't want the conflict. I was angry. I was upset. I was stressed out. I just, I just drove around the neighborhood. I left the house. See, here's what people do in the midst of conflict. They end a relationship. They quit a job. They, they, they get divorced. They, they leave a church because they don't want to deal with the issue. And they escape. People lose hope of ever resolving anything. And here's what we do. We stuff those emotions inside of us. And some of you counselors can tell me what happens when you stuff an emotion inside of you. What happens? It comes out eventually, doesn't it? It usually comes out in anger, frustration. It, it comes out eventually when we stuff it inside. I know people that do that. Another response to, to conflict is this. We just, we just attack. We just attack. We just want to punch them in the face. We, we attack. We, we become aggressive. People uh, become strong-willed, and, 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 and they, they want to eliminate the opposition. <laughs> they want to eliminate the problem. So, so we attack them verbally. We attack them with gossip. We attack them with slander. We attack them physically. Can, may I just say this? I have never seen a day when people are more aggressively attacking others. Road rage is a real problem in this nation. Why? Because someone does something you don't like? We're, we're, dri <laughs> we're driving. And uh, the last time we went to Texas, we drove to Texas. And um, we're driving. And a guy on a motorcycle. God bless you if you ride motorcycles. Please ride like a Christian. He's going in and out of traffic. And he comes, I'm telling you, he comes that close to my car. And, and silly me, now I'm in Texas now. I go, bang. <laughs> Connie said, don't do that. <laughs> that guy will turn around and shoot you. <laughs> I've never seen a, a time when we've had more road rage and more frustration and, and people, uh, people are, are, are aggressive. It's awful. They, we force people to bend to our will. We take them to court. We, 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 we'll, we'll do them harm. And, and you might say, oh, pastor, you don't have to worry about me. I'd never do that. I'd never do that. Can I read you scripture? 
I'm going to anyway. Anyone, listen to this, anyone, oh, my time's about gone. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer in their heart. Oh, let's rip that one out. Let me, let me close with this tonight. <clears throat> there are times, there are times in life when we will all have conflict. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee there'll be, there'll be times in your life when you will have conflict. You, you raised your hand just a minute ago that you had conflict within the last week, two weeks, month, whatever. There, there will continue to be conflict in your life. One word for conflict is tribulation. And here's what Jesus said. In the world, what? You will have conflict, tribulation. Somebody's not going to be agreeable with you. Maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe your kids. The nice part about is if it's your kids, you can kind of slap them around the deal and they'll and they'll and they'll come in they'll come in line. <laughs> when they're little enough. When they get older, you better not slap them because they'll slap you back. <clears throat> we all will have conflict in our lives. But if you have this foremost in your in your spiritual dynamics, it is my spiritual position. To be a peacemaker. Not by running away from it. Not by ignoring it. Not by being angry and upset. And, and dealing with it. I'll win this battle. But by coming at it from a biblical point of view. And the four principles I gave you. They work every time. How can I honor God in this situation. I don't want to criticize you when I've got something in my life that needs to be dealt with. I want to reconcile with you. I want to, I want to uh, uh, have that foremost in, in, in my thoughts that, that I, I want to be reconciled. And sometimes reconciliation please hear this, is speaking the truth in love. In love. Not speaking the truth, period, but speaking the truth in love. I see where I'm wrong. I see where you may be wrong. But, but I, I'm, I'm able to collaborate with you, not compromise, but collaborate with you and come to a reasonable solution. You see, because compromise is nobody wins. Collaboration is everybody wins. Everybody wins. So let me, let me close this evening by, ju by just saying this, and there's a lot more to be said about that. That's why I want to take next week and just talk about it too. But uh, let me just say this in closing tonight. Conflict is, is, is just, it's going to be part of it's, it's It's life. It's life. Your family may be in conflict with you. Your, 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 your uh, church family may not uh, agree with everything that you want and what, what you believe. Um, your brothers and sisters, your, your uh, work, uh, your co-workers, your, your boss may not always agree with you. But here's the thing. I close with this tonight. Make sure you respond. Don't react. Make sure you respond in a biblical way. And if you'll do that, Everyone around you will look at you and say, there is a child of God. There is a Christian. There is a son or a daughter of God. Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would please. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged by our service. And we invite you to join us again next week. 
Our services go live every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and at wordoflife.church. And we also meet in person every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. If God is using our church to change your life and you'd like to help us lead people to life in Jesus through giving, you can do so by visiting wordoflife.church give, or you can text your donation amount to 84321. Follow along with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you'd like to know more about what God is doing in and through our church. God is doing incredible things here, and we are so honored that you chose to spend your time with us.